Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Brianna Approved Podcast. I am beyond excited for our guest today. We have Dr. Tina Yang, who is a fourth generation Chinese medicine doctor, a licensed acupuncturist, herbalist, a fellow of the American Board of Oriental Reproductive Medicine, and a certified Reiki master. What many people might not know is that Dr. Tina Yang was my acupuncturist when I was living in California who helped me with some stuff regarding my hormones and my menstrual cycle and also was one of the people who got me into learning more about Chinese medicine, your emotions with organs that I talk about all the times, herbs, so on and so forth. So Dr. Tina, thank you for coming on the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for inviting me as a guest. And it's so great to reconnect with you. And just, you know, listening to your podcast over the last year has been really fun. And I'm just so excited to be a part of it today. Yeah, I, I feel the same about you. I mean, you are one of the most bright people that I've ever met. I mean, I, I think your knowledge and your passion is so amazing. And I know, you know, from when, when I was working with you, which was, I think about maybe five years ago, you know, I, I think you really honed in on this fertility specialist. And I know you've gotten a lot of other certifications in that, and you have a couple other of your locations in Irvine, California. And so can you kind of just tell people a little bit about how you've kind of evolved, even with your acupuncturist and your herbalism career and kind of how you got maybe specialized sure. in, in that? Yes, I would love to. So I've been practicing now, gosh, it's almost been 20 years, which the time has completely flown by so quickly. You know, I can't, I can't even believe it's been that much time. Um, but when I first started out, you know, as all acupuncturists, you start off usually treating pain. That seems to be the most common reason why people come for acupuncture. But then as I got into my practice the first year, I started having the opportunity to work with more women and in the capacity of fertility, um, different, you know, ailments during pregnancy. And I myself was a young mom at the time. So I just became super excited and passionate about helping women, you know, either start or grow their family and helping them through all the different phases of motherhood, you know, including postpartum care and getting them prepared for the next pregnancy. So, you know, I'm, I've been practicing here for a while now. So a lot of my patients are on child number two, three, or four sometimes. So, uh, but that's kind of how it all started. And I would say that probably about more than 80% of my practice now is women's health and fertility. So it continues to be my practice passion. And I just love it so much that, you know, again, time flies by when you love what you're doing. I love that. So, yeah, so I have a partner, Dr. Tang, who's also a naturopathic doctor and an acupuncturist. So we had met when we were at uh, the University of California, Irvine at the Susan Samuel Center for Integrative Medicine. So we were like the first acupuncturists hired to launch their integrative center um, offsite. And we also started off their herbal dispensary. And Dr. Tang, my partner, actually launched the naturopathic medicine side of things. So jumped through a lot of hoops through the medical board and all that fun stuff that you have to go through when something's super new. And that's kind of how we met. And we were both young moms and we decided to join forces to help each other out, cover each other's maternity leaves. And that's kind of how it started. And we created Coastal Acupuncture Natural Health Center. So that's been around now for gosh, probably about 13 years. And from that, we launched our sister company, Awakened Health, which I think I had mentioned it to you um, when we reconnected. It's, it's our online custom herbal formulation um, website, but we are also planning 
to hopefully launch some education programs through yes. there as well eventually. But yes. as we of right do. now, it's all of our yeah, it's all of our Chinese urban formulas that we've created over the last you know twenty years. Just you know, yeah. a lot of trial and error. What's working? What's more common? So a lot of formulas around women's health. We have an immune defense formula that's being used quite a bit for the prevention of cold and flus and just to help strengthen our immune system during this wonderful COVID time that we're in right now. So crazy um, world yeah, we're so living in. Yeah, I believe yeah, when I worked with you, the 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 tincture was called, I think, period promoter was the the uh, title of the tincture <laughs> oh at the gosh, time. Right. So one of the original tinctures. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I, I would love to talk mm -hmm. to you a little bit about, I don't think many people know, I, I haven't really shared this story, but when I had met you at the time, you know, I was, like I said, maybe five, six years ago or whatever it was, and I obviously wasn't looking to get pregnant at the time. What had happened was I went through a really stressful time. I was, went through, you know, like a, a breakup. I moved across the country. I started a new job. There was just like a lot of compounded stress. But by the time mm -hmm. I had met you, I had lost my period for about six months and I didn't actually feel stressed by the time I had gotten to California, but I was really confused because, you know, I was doing all the right things and holistic health and all the Brianna approved things and, and whatnot. But <laughs> I, you know, I think it's a really, I would love to hear your opinion on this idea of, you know, even if you don't think you want kids or you're not in a stage in your life right now where that's even on your radar, the idea of having healthy ovulation, having, prepping your body for healthy fertility eventually in the future that, you know, it's still important to have healthy hormones and a healthy cycle. So can you talk about just some of the main things that maybe you see come up where people are having problems or areas they can be focusing yeah. more on, or, you know, just dropping your fertility knowledge? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the things in our society, in our community is we tend to have, we tend to kind of be very ambitious folks, right? So we're running at a pretty full speed with our careers and education, maybe post post you know graduate work that we're doing, families. So there's we're kind of like burning the candle at two ends. That's kind of our culture. And what I've noticed for a lot of women, whether they're trying to get pregnant or not, um, even if they're like yourself, if they're just trying to balance out their cycle, balance out their hormones, and just kind of learn a little bit more about like like what is my cycle like, you know, when am I going to PMS? when am I going to possibly ovulate? And, you know, whether you're trying or not trying to get pregnant, it's good to know as a woman, right? To understand your cycle. But what I have noticed is because we are a community that tends to run our adrenals out, and I know you're an expert on stress and adrenal function and adrenal expert. health. So I think you would appreciate this very much <laughs> that, you know, we tend to tap out our adrenals. So because our hormones all come from the same base, pregnenolone, you know, our body's going to prioritize, right? It's going to always prioritize the fight or flight mode first. Sort of like back in the days, you know, for cavemen, they're running for their lives. You know, they're running away from large animals and, you know, trying to survive. I mean, for us, obviously in a modern society, we don't have those challenges of, you know, running for our lives, but we still have that fight or flight response that gets triggered in us. And it's really hard to downregulate that and turn that off. So when that happens over periods of time, long periods of time, our body tends to drain the adrenal function, you know, our cortisol, our body needs more cortisol to survive and adrenaline. So what's going to happen is our, our pregnenolone is going to, we call it the pregnenolone steel, right? Mm -hmm. So it's going to take from the reproductive hormones from the thyroid hormones, and it's going to shut over into the stress hormones because it's going to say, 
Brianna, Tina, you guys need to survive life. So yeah. we are going to just take away from our reproductive hormones and we're going to give it all to the adrenals so that you can survive your day-to-day life. So I see that happen a lot. So for my patients that are struggling with fertility or struggling with irregular cycles, I always test their adrenals to kind of see if they're leveled off, if there's any kind of um, deficiency or, you know, adrenal insufficiency or or total fatigue and whether we need to support them with herbs um, or supplements or not to make sure their adrenal function is optimal so that it won't tap out the other hormones. So I'm sure you see that quite a bit too. Hey y'all. I am so excited to announce my six-week health refresh program. This is perfect for anybody who is looking to work with me in a more affordable way in a group setting. So as you know, I really believe that health is a team effort, which is why I actually wanted to make this a group program because during our six weeks together, we're going to be having live Zoom calls every single week, which we will go over different health topics. We're going to go over what themes we see in the actual group together. Everybody's going to have one individual session with me and then a follow-up 30-minute session. Everybody's going to be getting an individual supplement herbal protocol. They will have access to a Facebook group that is private and exclusive to members in this group. You will have text email support for me, and then you will also receive 10% discount on Brianna approved supplements. So if you are looking to transform your confidence and your relationship around nutrition, health supplements, or just looking to level up your overall knowledge around these areas, then this is going to be the program for you. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure you probably see it bucketed like into certain patterns with people where it's, you know, the type A person and like you said, <laughs> they're kind of go, go, go. And that's great mm-hmm. for your career and things like that, but not always for your health. And so what would you say to somebody who is maybe new to acupuncture and they're maybe either, either having irregular cycles, they're trying to become pregnant. Um, maybe they're just dealing with really bad PMS. You know, I tell people all the time, like, listen, you shouldn't want to like murder everyone around you for two weeks out of the month, like to have a day or two where you're super, you know, sad or, you know, feel un- not like yourself, like that's normal. Right. But there's a sliding scale with everything. So what would you say to somebody who's coming to you or they're new to acupuncture? Like, what is this journey going to look like for me? How long do I have to do this? Like what other factors do I need to take into consideration? Like what's my acupuncture journey look like? Yes, that's a really good question. And I think it's, it's kind of more a lifestyle adjustment, right? So it's not just, just acupuncture and herbs and supplements, but I think it's sort of a mindset too, and really setting patients expectations. Well, first, you know, we always want to meet you where you're at, you know, and one of the questions on our questionnaire is how much change are you willing to make right for for treating this particular condition that you're coming in for so that's number one and based on that question i can kind of gauge where patients at and i'll even ask them you know what is your treatment goals what would you uh like to achieve or some of the health benefits you want to receive but generally speaking if a patient is is um pretty stressed out real high strung i think they will notice the benefits of acupuncture pretty quickly so usually even after the first treatment Acupuncture does a great job at down-regulating the nervous system, 
reducing the cortisol levels in your body. I mean, it just helps with sleep. It can help, you know, with, with elevating your mood, just with the, you know, the neurochemical release that occurs during treatment. And it continues even beyond the treatment, generally for hours to days for some patients. So everybody experiences it a little bit differently. But I feel like acupuncture is probably one of the, the quickest treatments where you actually can see results. And after that, most patients are like, wow, okay, I slept really well, I feel less anxious. And then most of the time they're pretty sold on the treatment. And then from there we could talk about, okay, well, let's try some lifestyle changes and maybe let's try some herbs to see if we can, you know, further your progress along. So that's kind of um, usually the approach I take and and just really kind of checking in to see, reevaluating a patient's treatment plan making adjustments accordingly because things do change for people. You know, perhaps there's an added stress that's come in unexpectedly in their life. So, you know, we definitely want to make adjustments accordingly. Yeah. That's um, what I love working with you. They... Mm-hmm. No, that's why, that's why I absolutely loved working with you because I joke when I talk about you, I'm like, no, Tina was like my therapist out there because it is so important, whether you're working with a practitioner as a nutritionist, an herbalist, acupuncturist, whatever it is, there should be check-ins because your body hopefully should be adjusting. And if it's not adjusting, then that also would suggest that you should be making check-ins as well. And to your point, I mean, acupuncture is one of the things that I always like always just like lean into it, look into it, add it into your protocol if you can. And even things like fire cupping. I mean, that was one of the things too, that was just so I think helpful for me. And to your point earlier, it's this idea I think about just like doing less sometimes. And I think sometimes the physiology has a delayed reaction to the mind and kind of, they're not always on the same page. And I think that's where the acupuncture part, you know, has been really helpful. And to your point, like you are really great at, I think, educating people on, you know, the why of things. And I know when I used to lay on the table with, with getting my sessions with you, I would ask a lot of questions about emotions associated with certain organs. And I would love to hear you do a little synopsis of that, maybe for somebody who hasn't heard about this concept or kind of this idea of maybe some emotions and organ kind of chi deficiencies or whatever yin yang that you kind of see in patterns of people with fertility or menstrual issues. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up because I love talking TCM style, (laughs) but generally when I'm, I'm a guest on, you know, of just giving talks, it's generally much more Western medicine based, but um, if you guys don't mind me kind of to, you know, tap it into to Chinese medicine lingo. Tap I'm happy to do that. You want, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm happy to do so. So, in Chinese medicine, we have 12 major organ systems, and and every organ has its own emotion associated with it. So, the main organ systems are what we call the Yin organs, which are the organs that have like the the primary functions for our bodies. Include like the heart, the spleen. Uh, the lungs, the kidneys, the liver, um, those are some of the main organs. And there's also, you know, the young paired organs with them as well, which are also connected. I'll explain that a little bit more um, in a second. So for example, the lungs is the organ in Chinese medicine that governs grief and sadness. So oftentimes if you've like love, if you've missed, if you've lost a loved one, for example, you know, you're, you can feel that heaviness in your chest right? Perhaps you might um, wake up between three and 5 a.m., which is the long time, according to the, to the Chinese medicine clock. Um, you might develop a lingering cough that you can't get rid of, for example. 
So, so the lung is one organ that's really, really involved in like depression and sadness. Um, the heart organ is, is, is the organ that governs joy and love. Um, so that's also involved in maybe like relationship heartbreak. Oh, wait, it cut out. Huh? Hello. Hi, hi, uh, Brianna. Are hi. you still there? Yep, yep. We are talking about the heart. Heartbreak. Okay, heart, okay, great. Heavy I'm on my sure heart. Got cut off. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the heart organ in Chinese medicine is really involved with joy, with love. Um, it, when it's out of balance, there definitely could be a lack of joy, maybe some fear that's kind of interfering with the joy in your life. So, and we see in, in with reproductive medicine, and you know, in in TCM, we always talk about how there is a direct connection between the heart organ and the uterus, mm. right? So. If the heart is closed, then the uterus is going to be closed. So it's so important for women that are trying to conceive to bring joy back into their life. You know, I think when you've been trying for a while, it really drains you and it really just sucks all the joy and joy out of you because you're so, you know, you're you're so consumed with trying to conceive. So I always tell my patients, an open heart means an open uterus. So oh, let's go that. out, you know, <laughs> you know, go do something fun for yourself, go on a hike you know, go take a trip, um, reconnect with music or art or whatever that in the past has, has, has filled you with joy. So that's really important. I think when really with any kind of health ailment, but for fertility specifically, you know, that's, that's a conversation I have with my patients quite often. Yeah. Um, so the spleen is the organ system, <laughs> the spleen. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know a lot about the spleen. So the spleen is the organ that is in charge of our digestion. So it takes the food that we ingest and it transforms and transports it to the various areas of our body that needs nourishment. And then whatever's not used in nourishing the body and the functions of the body is then excreted out for elimination. So the spleen plays a very important role because it is um, the producer of chi and blood in our body, according to Chinese medicine. So the spleen tends to get off balance quite easily. And from an emotional standpoint, the spleen is in charge of regulating worry and pensiveness. So like the student, like yourself, someone that's in a really heavy duty doctorate program <laughs> tends to have issues with their spleen. You know, our spleen gets thrown off balance really easily. So, and we might crave, you know, when we're under stress like that, when we're really worrying about exams and papers and dissertations, we might crave sugar and sweets and carbohydrates, which all will inhibit the function of the spleen. So then we might have, you know, certain symptoms like a little bit of fatigue, maybe foggy brain, a heavy sensation in the body. And when that's not regulated, you know, well, or, you know, treated or recognized, it can lead to, unfortunately, other conditions that are a little bit more chronic. But some of the spleen uh, symptoms that show up pretty frequently for, for patients is constipation or the opposite, which can be loose stool. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's one, one indication like, ooh, my spleen is off. Yeah. So, and then the liver, of course, is our general of cheese. So the liver makes sure that everything is organized and that we get things done. So I think I can say pretty confidently, uh, Brianna, that you and I are kind of liver types. You know, yes. we like to get things done. We're very efficient um, and orderly. 
but the liver gets tired too. So the liver can kind of get overworked and it can create a condition called liver cheese stagnation. Mm -hmm. So when the liver cheese stagnates, it stagnates um, the energy in our body from flowing freely in the channels and meridians. Um, and when the cheese stagnates, blood stagnates too. And so that can lead to things like pain, um, tension, you know, maybe uh, stress in our upper body shoulders. Therefore, fire cupping is very great for things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then over time, if those blockages or stagnations aren't addressed, we can have more complicated conditions as well, whether it be, you know, related to women's health or digestive issues or autoimmune conditions too. Absolutely. I mean, you, I know, I know you obviously are the queen of all things Chinese medicine, but you know, a lot in Chinese medicine is about excess and deficiency, right. And kind of seeing where they fall on the spectrum. And so many times I've seen with my clients over the years, especially when it comes to women's hormone health, or if I see a lot of allergy stuff going on, a lot of even, you know, immune stuff, because your liver does play a role in your immune health. There's usually liver excess going on or liver deficiency where, you know, it's not, your liver's not doing what it needs to do to break down hormones in particular and go through the different phases of detoxification. So I would say like 80 plus percent of cases that I have, there's always a liver component, not just from the, you know, anatomical component, but the, the emotional side, right? Like anger and emotional detox and all of that. But you were also one of the first people to introduce to me this idea of, you know, your chakras that were associated as well with, what was going on with menstruation. And I would love to hear you explain that to people because I remember you being like, well, yeah, your second chakra is a little closed off right now and we got to do that. And you're doing some like Reiki healing on me. And so um, <laughs> maybe you could explain some connections with what's going on with maybe some chakra imbalances that you see or sure. what even that yeah. means for some people who want to go down that path a little more. Absolutely, I'd be happy to. But before we go down that path, I just wanted to mention with the liver cheese stagnation component, generally when we have PMS, that's like all about liver cheese stagnation. So I just wanted to mention that. So yeah. that, you know, some of that irritability, maybe that moodiness and the cramping, that is like typical liver cheese stagnation. So, Are there some um, herbs anyways, that you of, love for liver stuff or some maybe warming foods or, you know, anything that you would say to somebody who's like, yeah, I got, I'm a liver person. I got some liver things going on and our liver can always use a little extra help. Maybe what are some of your sure. go-to favorites for herbal or liver support? Yeah, some of my go-to favorites would definitely be Blue Plurium or Chai Hu. That's probably one of the number one uh, liver cheese stagnation herbs or to treat liver cheese stagnation. A very common formula, it's a classic Chinese herbal formula, it's called Xiaoyao Sun. It is translated as free and easy wanderer. It's oh. supposed to relax you so much that you feel free and easy. Um, but in that formula, it actually has herbs to calm the liver and to regulate the liver, but also to nourish blood at the same time. So it is actually the number one formula used in Asia for PMS wow. and premenstrual issues. Wow. Yeah. So we actually took that classic formula and created um, our PMS free based on that formula. And we just added more herbs for stress and anxiety. Love so it. Yeah. And then in terms of your diet, I mean, I would definitely say, you know, sticking to like warm, nourishing foods, avoiding cold foods during that time, because yeah. that can cause more stagnation and blockage yeah. and then lead to more cramping and pain and discomfort when your period actually starts. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah. yeah. So, but going back to the chakras and balancing our chakras, I, you know, I definitely love combining Ayurvedic medicine with Chinese medicine, such a great compliment. And um, I don't know if you all know, but there are seven major chakra centers in our body and similar to, to acupuncture and Chinese medicine, each chakra is a um, energy center or like a vortex of energy. And not only does each chakra have a physical component to it, but it also has an energetic component to it as well. So some of the common chakras you may have heard of are like your throat chakra. You know, so one of the in indicators for throat, which would be like thyroid issues or goiter. Um, heart chakra, people talk about my heart chakra is blocked. You know, that's really common. And that, you know, can be because of a variety of things. You know, on an emotional level, it's usually like something that's, either like grief or sadness or maybe a relationship breakup, um, just like heartache, you know, yeah. disappointment. Like if you're a person that maybe is trying to conceive and you just had a miscarriage, like that's going to be heart blockage, heart chakra blockage for sure. Yeah. And then um, I guess I should just go from the top. There's the crown yeah. chakra, which is for higher intuition. The third eye, which is also it's intuition, but it also involves like creativity, like artists, you know, you want to keep that that third eye open as much as you can to help you create whether you're a writer an artist a musician like this is a really important chakra for you the throat chakra like i mentioned earlier is about thyroid health and being able to speak your truth so oftentimes yeah. when we are struggling with speaking our truth our, our throat chakra can get blocked heart chakra again is about love relationships uh, the solar plexus is um, the chakra that's involved in digestion, but it also is the chakra that helps you digest life. Like, how are you digesting your life? Yeah. Are you having troubles digesting the change that's occurring? So you might have some upper GI discomfort when you're stressed, things mm -hmm. like that, or if you get into an argument with somebody you love. So the solar plexus is involved in that. The uh, sacral chakra or second chakra is the chakra that's involved with relationships, sexuality, reproduction, and also finances too. Right. Um, any worries about finances can affect your second chakra too. And then your root chakra also deals with reproduction, um, but it is from a, from a mental emotional aspect, it's really about the root chakra is kind of like the root and essence of who you are, yeah. right? Like we say in Chinese medicine, it's your dan tian. It's your vital essence. So it's really important for us to keep that root chakra open, you know, unblocked and balanced because it can get out of balance easily if, if you know, we're struggling through some challenging times in life. So um, yeah, so those are the chakras. <laughs> I love that. You were, again, one of the first people I remember I was doing, it was an acupuncture and Reiki session combined together. And I kept going like <clears throat> during the session and you were like, your, your throat chakra is blocked. And you were explaining, it's this idea of not speaking your mind. Now, anybody who knows me knows that I <laughs> am loud and very pitta and fiery and I speak my mind. Um, but you were like, no, no, it's not just about being like vocally loud. It's about like speaking your truth basically. And you were like, where in your life kind of, aren't you actually like standing your ground and speaking your truth. And then at the same time, for work at that time, I was traveling so much for work. And so I was quite literally ungrounded. And so my root chakra and my second chakra was a hot mess. And so it's just so interesting because our bodies really, you know, 
it's talking to us all the time. And I think I see this with women a lot where we, I don't know what it is, where we either feel like we have to apologize for being like, or I, I know this sounds so weird, but X, Y, Z, or I know like, I'm sorry. And it's like, we're so in tune with it. And I, I think that's something that a lot of women struggle with is finding their voice with that. So what are some ways that like women can maybe just start to listen to symptoms more or be more in tune with their body or just even just like checking in with themselves? Are there any practices that people or rituals or things that you have found helpful for people kind of over the years to sort of like let them tune in? You know, this is kind of an, an indirect um, exercise, but I think journaling helps exercise your throat chakra in a way where you're expressing yourself, right? Yeah. So you're able to jot down some of your inner thoughts and actually work through some of your thoughts and some of the issues that you're having and that you might be struggling with so that it becomes clear. So when you're ready to communicate, whatever it might be with whoever you're supposed to have this conversation with, it makes it a lot easier. So I think journaling is a really great tool for patients that struggle. And sometimes we're not even aware of it. Sometimes we don't even realize that we're not speaking our truth because, you know, you just get into like patterns of communication with certain people in your life. So I think just really kind of checking in with yourself every so often, like, and sitting with it, you know, like how, how am I feeling? Like, am I feeling heard? Am I feeling like I'm speaking my truth or am I constantly trying to tell people what they want to hear? Mm -hmm. And I'm so worried about not being liked or accepted or hurting someone's feelings, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's so many beautiful ways of communicating your truth, you know, and when it comes from a place of love, it's always received well. Yeah. So I think journaling is really useful. And singing, <laughs> I think is a great way to exercise your throat chakra, whether it's singing in the shower, it doesn't matter if you have like a gorgeous voice or a off-tune voice, I think it's still a really good way to practice opening up the throat chakra. Absolutely. So, so those would be my tips I love for it. throat chakra balancing. I love it. So I know you talked a little bit in the beginning about, you know, you had some herbal formulas for immune health. And I feel like I would, it would be remiss to not bring up the conversation of immunity right now in regards to, you know, we know that when we're stressed out, that our immune system definitely takes a hit and it's not about totally avoiding germs or totally avoiding stress, right? But it's about supporting your, you know, immune system. So if you were building kind of an herbal first aid kit for, you know, what's going on right now in the world with immune stuff, what would be maybe some herbal things you would put in there and then maybe some lifestyle or other just, you know, T Dr. Tina approved things that would be in your herbal first aid kit? Yeah, well, I definitely would say vitamin D is mm -hmm. key. Um, making sure, well, having your vitamin D levels tested just to make sure that it's at an optimal range. And again, the range is very broad. Mm -hmm. It's like 30 to 100. So just <laughs> because you're 35 out of that range doesn't mean you're at an optimal level. So I usually tell my patients, whether they're trying to conceive or not, like you really want to be at least in the 50s. So um, it seems like for most patients around four to 5,000 IUs, yeah. Um, if they're in the low normal ear range tends to be a good sweet spot, but if you are really low in vitamin D, you might have to take 10,000 IUs for a period of time yes. and retest after like a month and see, you know, how your D levels are doing. Um, I prefer liquid vitamin D personally, the concentrated form where one drop is a thousand IUs. Yeah. Um, our formula immune defense that I had mentioned earlier, that actually is a formula based on a classic formula called Shaofengsan, which means um, waves, wave, I'm sorry, wind screen powder. 
So this formula was classically used the season prior to flu season to prevent colds and flus. So like, for example, in for us in our climate in California, you would take that formula in the fall mm -hmm. to prepare for flu season, which generally is like December, January, February. Um, and this formula actually was used during SARS-1 quite a bit to wow. prevent um, SARS-1. So, um, but it's a formula that has a combination of ginseng, some of the, you know, Western herbs too, astragalus, cordyceps. It's a really, really great formula with, you know, immune boosting herbs. So um, I, I highly recommend it to all my patients, especially right now, you know, trying to get ahead of it. So that, that's part of my emergency kit. I actually had like, I put together this college wellness kit for my son when he took off to UCI and that was definitely in there um, and a couple of natural herbal antiviral and antibacterial formulas. Um, one formula I like it's called herbal ENT by Evergreen Herbs and then they also have an herbal ABX too. Those are our go-to formulas like as my kids already know as soon as they start getting a sore throat they're like where's that herbal ENT yeah. and they'll take it right away and it usually will knock it out pretty yep. quickly within the first day or so. What are your thoughts on um, yin chow? I think those are probably... Oh gosh, yin chow is classic. Okay. Yin chow is sort of like, team uh, like Dr. the Tylenol of the Chinese. <laughs> I do approve it. I will tell you though, yin chow is not always strong enough. Okay. So yin chow is a formula that's meant to be taken at the very, very first sign of a cold. So you have to first be really like in tune with your body. And yeah. You know, like, ooh. I'm starting to get a little tickle in my throat or I'm a little sore. Yeah. And so then you would take the yin chow. Um, yin chow is considered a formula that's more for wind heat. Mm -hmm. So in Chinese medicine, wind heat is the type of cold that occurs in warmer climates. So wind heat is very common in California, mm -hmm. for example, Arizona, like hot, hotter states, Las Vegas, Nevada. However, on the East Coast, yin chow is probably not as ideal. Because you guys have more wind cold than wind heat. So if I was to choose a classic formula for the East Coast, it would probably be more like Guizetang. So Guizetang, the chief herb in Guizetang is actually cinnamon. So oh, wow. cinnamon is more of a warming herb, right? So that makes sense for colder climates. Um, but a formula like herbal ENT and herbal ABX is much stronger than yin chow and Guizetang. So if we're not messing around, we just want to knock a cold out. That's usually what we'll prescribe is herbal ENT or herbal ABX. I love it. Hopefully that answered your question. But if you only have yin chow around, take it. Yeah. It's a great formula and it's really good for kids. It's yeah. a really good formula for kids. I love that you Safe brought that up though, because people do forget that there's not one herbal protocol for everybody. And, you know, obviously you can go into constitutional types or, you know, whatever, you know, go down each of those paths, but it is really important to understand how does my body actually break down when I'm not feeling well. And to your point, even what is the climate that I'm in, like quite literally, right. And geographically, and that depending on where you are in kind of the wellness cascade, that every herbal formula, like it can be great and have all the best, you know, ingredients and herbs and botanicals, but it's not going to always be for you at that time. So, you know, I think it is really important to understand like that. So for somebody who doesn't know anything about them, those kinds of individual protocols and whatnot, I know you have some online learning or how would people maybe, is there any references or books or things that you would suggest to maybe learn a bit more about that? Well, there's actually, well, the textbooks, of course, that we've learn from classically in acupuncture school, like um, Bensky, there's a herbal pharmacopoeia, 
yeah. um, that's out there. That's really great. Then that's, there's actually single herbs and then there's actual, um, a book on formulas too, the classic formulas. If anybody wants to take a deeper dive into Chinese medicine, those are really good reads. And they talk a lot about some of the classic conditions that were treated to in China. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, as a, as a Chinese medicine doctor, you kind of have to look at a formula in the modern day and go, okay, we don't have those issues anymore, but how is it going to be applied now? You know, some of the symptoms could be similar, even though the actual condition might be different. So, um, but like what you were saying earlier, Rihanna, I think some of the formulas may not work for patients because of their constitution. So somebody that has spleen chi deficiency with dampness yeah. and has lots of digestion issues, they're most likely going to have more phlegm and dampness in their lungs. So for them, they generally, when they get sick, it goes right into the lungs. Yeah. So those patients, you want to choose a formula that addresses that phlegm, dampness, and lung, lung chi, right? So not only are you looking at the, um, the herbal antibiotics or the herbal antiviral herbs, you got to look at all that other stuff too. Yeah. If a patient has more heat in their body, then you got to clear heat, right? So, so it just depends, but you're absolutely right. Like a constitution can determine whether or not a formula is going to work for you. Yeah. And I think so, understanding herbal energetics is, yeah, no, totally. And I, I think understanding herbal energetics is not something that a lot of people would even think about. You know, you go into a Whole Foods or even if you go into like a cool, you know, mom and pop health shop, like most people don't, you know, understand that. So it's always, you know, every time you think you learn something, there's five other things to learn. But I think, again, that's why I'm always like, go talk to somebody, like go see an acupuncturist or an herbalist or somebody who kind of, you know, studies this. And it's one thing to read a textbook and then actually have, I think, clinical practice, which, you know, like you've been doing this for over 20 years. So um, I think that's, like I said, I've, I've learned so much from you over the years that I, I, I think it really like kind of kickstarted things for me. So I'm super grateful for it and happy to have you on the podcast for that. So before I let you go and people, you can tell everybody where they can find you and follow you and you drop great knowledge all the time too. If you could give yourself your younger self, one piece of health advice, and that could be as simple as always have this herb with you or stop doing this or whatever it is. What's something maybe that you, you know, maybe something you tell your, your kids or your patients a lot, or just, you know, one piece of advice to kind of leave the listeners when they're still working on building their own health, you know, arsenal. Gosh, that, that's a really great question. I would say that my advice to younger Tina mm -hmm. would be start a self-care practice right away. I love that. You know, really like don't take yourself for granted Yeah. and start taking care of yourself early on, you know, and, and really incorporating yoga, meditation, you know, as soon as you can. And, you know, really looking at what are the things that might throw me off balance and what are some of the tools that tend to keep me in balance and wow. just kind of having that awareness because you know when, when we're when we're in our 20s we tend to just push through everything we're like warriors you know <laughs> and so oh, yeah. at that point we're just right we're like we're unstoppable but at some point you know that unstoppable mentality definitely has some repercussions so i would say to those of you that are that have youth on your side definitely incorporate a self-care practice immediately, whether it's like massage once a month, acupuncture yeah. and cupping once a month, you know, take care of yourself and yeah. don't burn out your adrenals. 
Don't burn out. Show those adrenals some love. I actually (laughs) love that you said, (laughs) yeah, take care. I always joke (laughs) and say like your adrenals aren't fatigued. You are as a person. So like maybe let's relax Mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, but I love that you said figuring out what throws you out of balance, because I think that's a really nice reframe because it's, it's easy to say sometimes, especially when we're maybe in a more mentally secure, stable place to be like, yeah, you should, you know, practice gratitude and, you know, drink green juice or all the things that like we love and whatever, but it's like, but what got me out of this in the first place? And how much did I actually contribute to that when my body was like waving all these red flags and you're like, nah, I'll deal with that later. So I I love that you, that you said it and reframed it that way. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And your body is like a miracle. You know, we all have an innate self-healing mechanism within ourselves and our body signals us when it's out of balance. Yeah. We just need to pay attention. This is why right. I mean, oftentimes we ignore ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we do. And this is why people should go and work with an amazing acupuncturist. Like if anybody is lucky enough to be in California, I would sit in traffic on a Thursday on the 405 to go see Dr. Jenny. Yeah. Like that is like literally if you are in California and in driving distance, definitely go check her out. But so before we go, can you just please tell people where they can follow you, website, social media stuff, if there's ways that you people can work with you from distance, just kind of drop all of the, all things, Dr. Tina Yang. Yes, actually, I would be happy to do that. You know, now with the world of telehealth, there are so many more opportunities to work together. So I'm really excited about, about being able to help more people um, besides just everyone in Orange County. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think telehealth is really a great option. Um, We've really launched quite a telehealth practice, even for just like herbal consultations you know, functional medicine assessments. So we can do a lot actually online. Um, And, you know, a lot of folks already have acupuncturists and Mm -hmm. through my association, the American Board of Reproductive Medicine, I have a really vast network of acupuncturists that I can refer patients to. But oftentimes I will be sent patients from out of state primarily for herbal medicine, Mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of acupuncturists really just want to focus on acupuncture which is great. But Chinese medicine was always my love. Yeah. So acupuncture is great too. I love it. But, you know, I definitely at, at heart, I'm a Chinese medicine doctor. Yeah. So I'm always happy to help anybody if they're looking to either customize a formula specifically for them or something that's going on for them. If it's for fertility, um, absolutely. I've created a lot of formulas that are commonly used for PCOS, for diminished ovarian reserve, um, to help lower FSH, improve egg quality, but I can also customize formulas specifically for an individual too. So, um, yeah. So what else can I tell you? Is there a website or Instagram where people can follow you? So so my Instagram is Tina Yang underscore AccuFertility Doctor. And my clinics, um, Instagram is Coastal underscore ACU. And then our, um, herbal company is Awakened Health Inc., yeah. So and I'll if put you that want to check out any notes. of our formulas, yes, perfect. Yeah. Awakenhealthinc.com. If you want to learn more about herbs, we have descriptions of all of the formulas too. Yes. So yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast. I mean, I definitely want to have you back because I think there's so many other, t- I would love to talk about postpartum, PCOS, some of the not so sexy topics oh, that yeah. are misunderstood. So I would hope that you come back and <laughs> I'm so that. I'm so thankful and grateful for your time. And you are like literally one of the most amazing people I know. And I hope to when next time I'm in California, I'm going to come and see you. 
Yes, please come visit me, Brianna. I would love, love, love to connect with you in person. Yes. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. Ciao. You too. Thank you so much for having me on your show.